Hey, guys, welcome back to VM Nation. Welcome back to Vertical Momentum. Guys, this is going to be a fun episode, but it's going to be a powerful episode. Did you get your ass kicked in 2021? Are you ready to kick ass in 2022? That's what we're going to be talking about today. We're going to be talking about crypto, NFTs, plant medicine, you name it. We're going to be talking about it. And this episode is being brought to you by our newest sponsor. Check out his teacher, Press Forward, the best men's movement and group going to help men like me to know my, my quiet side. But also when the beast needs to come out, they also teach me how to, how to do both. So, guys, welcome my friend Neil. This is going to be fun. I love the Christmas hat. I love Christmas. Neil, brother, what's going on? Hey, man. I just noticed your our T-shirts are a sentence. Today, I decide to press forward. <laughs> so we'll have to get this on the front and that on the back, or that on the front, this on the back. I, I, think, I think we need to collaborate on that one. There so, you go. Uh, so uh, happy, happy to be here. Uh, I don't know if you can see it in my Christmas tree, but me, me and my girlfriend this year, we did a uh, confetti Christmas tree. So um, we're celebrating also Christmas and what a great year we've had together. And we'll talk about a little bit of that during the podcast as well. Well, right now, I mean, as we were talking earlier, um, you know, you've been doing what you've been doing for almost three years. Like you said, you were knocking on doors, you know, like like the old school, shaking hands, kissing babies. But then all of a sudden something switched and now you're doing over a hundred thousand a month you're, you're just crushing it you're helping so many men's lives and i think that's what we need to talk about because you know um we're losing so many men to suicide we're losing so many men that are um drinking themselves to death just because they're they're trying to live up to something that is really impossible to live up to because they're they're having the imposter syndrome and I definitely want to talk about that. So talk to us a little bit about what you got going on, how you, how and why you formed Press Forward. Yeah, no, I appreciate that as a lead in to the conversation. You know, you, you hit uh, at a high level, you know, a bunch of the key reasons why I do what I do, right? You got, um, you know, I think it's like 93% of all murders are, 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 are done by men, right? I think... Uh, the last time I looked at statistics, it's like every three and five men have had some kind of substance um, or alcohol problem. Um, you got all kinds of statistics, but basically, if you look at who the aggressors are in in our society, it's men. And um, a, a lot of that comes from uh, what I figured out and boiled it down to is the only reason why anybody would be aggressive um, and there's good reasons to be aggressive, but the only reason why people would be in a negative aggressive is from a lack of resources, right? I mean, I'll give you, I'll just dig right into it if that's okay with you, and I'll come back and answer your question. Yeah. Like, I, I fundamentally believe that, um, you know, you serve the military, I serve the military, you know, like a, as, as a Marine veteran, if I look back at when all those men, and it was mostly men, stormed the Capitol building, right? Probably one of the most sacred places in our country, historically. Historically, one of the most revered, reverent symbols of our country. And I had this epiphany when that happened because one of my, one of the men in my community starts texting me like, like crazy. He lives down a couple blocks away from the Capitol. And he's like, Neil, they're storming the Capitol. What should I do? He never served in the military, doesn't have any access, uh, comes from an immigrant family. And his American dream is basically spinning on him. In the same exact moment, three minutes later, one of my other men in my coach in, in my community is sending me pictures from inside the Capitol. And I'm like, this is so polarizing right now. I'm watching two men experience this exact same thing in such a different way, right? And I thought to myself, what, what, what is the root of this, right? And really what I realized is that the only reason, what would drive a man, what would drive a group of men, 
Like not like the top level, the stuff that goes on in the news, not the, you know, the, 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 the when we're over the tipping point, but what drives a man to get to that point? And I have to believe that the only reason why men would ever do something like that is from scarcity of resources, right? What would drive those men to take, go to one of the most revered places in the country, in the world, and actually even cross that line? And the reason why they cross that line is scarcity of resources. And if you look at it, you know, men in our country, for the most part, right, our country is built, is, is this beautiful 276-year experiment of democracy. And yet, why, why would men, mostly men, do that? And it's, it's scarcity of resources, right? Well, the world is changing very, very quickly, right? Between race, creed, color, gender, politics, um, dig- going from physical things to digital, COVID, all these different things. It's just, it's swirling so fast that men can't keep up with it a lot of times. And really three or four years ago, maybe five years ago for me, I went through that experience myself. And I had to come out on the other side of it. And when I got on the other side of it, I was like, this is what men are missing because this is what I was missing. And a lot of times when you look at successful people creating successful products and services, they create it from a place of passion about like, this is a thing that I needed that no one has. And so I'm going to create it for myself. And then when it works for me, I'm going to bring it to the masses. And that's what this online and in-person press forward community has been, been about for men for the past three years or so. And what, I mean, what we have today is we have online accountability groups. Uh, we have in-person men's weekends, uh, some using pl- some weekends, we leverage plant medicine. Um, some are just outdoorsy, great men's weekends. Um, and then we have, um, online programs and online courses and all the things also as well. But this whole idea that to your point, um, one, we realign men's values and belief systems, you know, and let them know that they have a safe place where to joke around. You you and I said before we went live, I believe that what makes men confident, what makes men strong, what makes men prepared is resources. If you know that winter is coming and you are stocked up with wood and water and food and all these things, you don't even care about winter, right? If you're not prepared for any of these things and suddenly it gets super cold on you, that that's where we freak out. And that's where the people freak out around you because you have to be this anchor, you know, for your family, for your community, whatever it is. And so, you know, whether winter coming is um, something like COVID or winter coming is the fact that you can now make tons of money on crypto or NFTs, you know, we're now in this place where men need to realign what the value of their resources are and how do they play that role in their family, their community. And now, you know, I want want to hit on two things. You know, I think for me, and I've talked to a lot and I've had 380 interviews. A lot of guys get frustrated, especially military, especially those, you know, that those have, you know, families, we don't feel like we're being heard. And a lot of times, and when you don't feel like you're being heard is when mm-hmm. you lash out, like mm-hmm. a lot of times, say if somebody's having an argument with their wife and you want to talk and they keep saying, no, we'll talk about it later. You, you keep on getting madder and madder and madder because you don't feel like you're being heard. And I think a, a lot of times in, in America today, you know, it's okay to have a gay pride parade. But if you say something about having a, a married pride parade, people lose their mind. So a lot of people don't feel like, all right, my opinion is valued, especially during this whole election process. I didn't feel like my my opinion was was um was appreciated but that's 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 my you know that's my way of thinking about things but now what you were just talking about is you know i think one great thing about being military for you know especially for gentlemen like you and uh, and people that have served us you know overseas that when the shit comes crashing down 
we get quiet and we it slows down for us to where we can figure shit out to where every when everything else is going crazy around us we have we have a, some kind of a ability to just compartmentalize yeah you know I mean? so i think that's one great thing about if anybody did that listen to this is serving in the military thank you first of all but that's one thing i think that we do well is we can you know when every when the shit starts hitting a fan we kind of slow it down and are able to figure shit out and i think having a men's group with a bunch of guys that's amazing to where you can especially accountability i definitely think accountability is probably the most important thing you know this way i know hey you know if i write my my goals down for the week and i told neil and i got to go to him on friday and tell him why i didn't hit this goal then i think it's it's a game changer accountability yeah. Yeah. I, I really appreciate that. And I think the the thing I would add on to it, one of the things that I think veterans really struggle with it, and, and I've been there and, and, it, and I always tell everybody that I work with, like if I have one superpower at all, one thing that I'm the best on the planet at, it is that I understand that it, it, I don't need x-ray vision. I don't need st physical strength my superpowers that I understand where men have been and I understand all these different layers to that. And one thing that I've really honed in on with a lot of the work that we do in these groups is being able to compartmentalize the conversations before shit hits the fan. And, and, and to, you know, um, to put preventative, I mean like put preventative maintenance measures in place in your life, so that you don't have to get to that point where you can hold it because you know what happens is is there's this pattern that goes on for military veterans we actually like when shit hits the fan because why because then we get to zone into compartmentalize it and then we get to save the day then we get credit for it then we're the hero then we get to like like that process like it's one something that i've experienced that in men's the men the men that are in my community, whether they're a high performance CEO or whether they're a PTSD veteran or whether they have a drug problem, you know, or whether they have just all kinds of mental uh, they lack in mental fitness, right? Which is a thing. Now, I believe, and this is part of the goal of the of the of the communities, is to create a process and create a routine and create a create an environment that doesn't have to wait until shit hits the fan before you fix it right because then it creates this trauma where we're empowered to be the fixer and then that's when like we need to be heard right like like the only time why this is why it goes back to it's a very complex thing i believe in sometimes but i try to explain it as not being heard right that's scarcity right? It's a lack. You're operating from a place of lack. I, I don't have enough voice and therefore I need to be heard, you know, and it takes a long time to recognize that a lot of that stems why people don't want to hear what you have to say is because you're operating from a place of lack. I, I know. And especially now, you know, with, um, COVID, you know, we had a lot of people lost their jobs. Mm -hmm. um, and for me, you know, as I'm getting more into the online digital space, um, and we're going to talk about NFTs, we're going to talk about crypto. You know, somebody said to me yesterday, well, uh, things are going to be shutting down. And for, in my mind, I'm like, great, more people are going to be listening to my podcast. <laughs> But you know what I mean? Because now my mind is switching to where, you know, like a lot of people were like, oh, I hate Amazon, blah, blah, blah. But they don't have any products on Amazon. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So instead of being part of the solution, they're part of the problem. And they don't, you know, like, you know, in our brains, you know, because me and you talk a lot about brains, you know, we have the reticular activating system in our brains, mm -hmm. you know, that whatever we look for, is what we're going to find, yep. you know? And like we talked about the last time, you know, even if you go back to the early 1900s with Andrew Carnegie, 
you know, they talked about what you obsess over, you possess, will become your possessions. So a lot of people, you know, are thinking, you know, oh, the everything's going to be so bad, but they don't realize all the opportunities that are going to be popping up in the next year or two, especially with crypto and NFT. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, I'll share with you. I, I'm 43, right? And, you know, when I got out of the Marines and I jumped into the corporate world before I got into the startup world, before I started doing this work, you know, it was still a time where, um, uh, you were compensated for being the expert, right? And I, I worked at this project with a big investment bank where they were taking these executive assistants that worked in investment banks. And um, there, was, there was thousands of them inside investment banks, right? These executive assistants, they make hundreds of thousands of dollars. They've been there for 20 years and they are the experts. Nobody's a better investment banking executive assistant than these people. And they would say, I've got 20 years of experience doing blah, 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 blah. And the truth of the matter is, is that they do not have 20 years of experience. They have like three years of experience because they've, 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 they've mastered their job. They just happen to do it for 17 years afterwards. Right. And, you know, I, when I got let go from working at the investment bank, they called me, they said I was too much of a general practitioner. Right. I didn't have any expertise at the time. And I really think like what's going on now is that the world went for there's like 50 or 60 years where if your ability to do the same thing over and over again, repeated repeatedly was valuable. But now in the last seven or eight years, artificial intelligence is becoming a thing. Right. Um, you know, quantum computing is becoming a thing. I come from the world of cybersecurity, you know, and and now we have this like surge of crypto and now NFTs are becoming a thing. I mean, like we, you and I talked about this prior to recording going, going live, you know, how many people I know that took their stimulus checks, put it into crypto and then bought a Tesla with it in 2020 or the amount of people that sat home, you know, and got in better shape, got uh reconnected with their families um you know i am so grateful i recognize and i honor the fact that 2020 and 2021 have been rough rough on a lot of families i'm also super grateful that i was able to to bring my family together in 2020 and 21 i was able to be in a find and start an amazing relationship with an amazing partner that would not have happened if it wasn't for covid um, you know, and uh, hope I mean, I could talk for hours about all the great things I'm grateful for. And and even like the men the, the I shared with you, you know, that in August, all of a sudden, all these men came piling into my online community. And, you know, really, it's been me beating a drum to be like, I just need men to show up better, you know. And, and I recognized in my own life that I needed to show up better first. And then I realized the power that happens when men really learn, like don't need to be, don't need to be heard so much. When men find their quiet space and men recognize and are able to hold space and have capacity to have these types of conversations and recognize that they have enough resources, feel safe, feel secure, and then can be an anchor for their family doesn't mean we're not going to fuck it up along the way. It also means that we need to get in touch with our emotions. We need to be able to raise our hand and ask for help and ask for support, which none of us are primed to really to do. We're not taught that that's okay. And then we need to have women and people in our lives that recognize that that's not weakness. That's us trying to build up our family more. Okay. I got a question for you because, um, you know, I'm big on LinkedIn, you know, and I'm growing every day. But as soon as I get a request, a connection request from somebody in for you know in crypto, I really hesitate to accept it because I know I'm going to get a, a canned pitch within like three seconds of me accepting that connection request. I for me, when I see that in anybody's title, I automatically think car warranty, 
timeshare salesperson or used car salesperson. And but I also have some great friends that I've had on this show that are not that way, but it seems like they're getting a, a bad rap about it. Is it just me or have you heard that before? Well, I, I, I think your your analogy and metaphor is great around putting around the car warranty stuff, right? I think historically this happens in any industry as it forms, right? It's unregulated, uh, not monitored, and the opportunity is so big that there's people who jump into this who are spammy, um, you know, there is uh, lots of security risks, you know, in trying to do invest crypto investing in unsolicited, unproven technologies, tools, all these different things, right? I think the the advice I would give to anybody looking to get into crypto is one, and we can t- we can dig into the weeds whichever way you want to go, but one, you have to use a wallet, um, what's called a, a digital wallet, in order for you to acquire an NFT or crypto in any way, in some way, shape, or form. And you should just look at, at you starting with some kind of more well-known accredited wallets, so like a Coinbase, Robinhood. I mean, you can even buy crypto on PayPal right now, which is super safe, um, just so you can get a feel for really what it is. All right. So now, as you guys know, I'm a low-tech redneck, and and I'll be the first to admit it, but that's why I have experts like you guys come on and talk. Can you give like a quick five, 10-minute breakdown on what crypto and NFTs actually are and how to where they're going in the next couple of years? Yeah. So, it, I mean, it kind of all started with this thing called blockchain, um, you know, and I'll talk about that in a second. And then just to give people some understanding of where I'm coming from with some of this stuff, I bought uh, my first Bitcoin 2009. And I think I paid about $90 per Bitcoin. Um, so you can look up the cost of Bitcoin today. I don't have those Bitcoin anymore. But um, but that's how long I've been doing this, uh, playing around with crypto and all these different things. Um, and then you have NFTs, which is the big, huge thing, uh, which is a non-fungible tokens. So this whole process kind of started from a concept of people thought it was really interesting that um, when money changes hands, cash, um, it's not trackable in a good way. Right. So so. You also have all these weird things that go on that like how money moves around the country globally and all these different places. And so this idea of creating a a digital coin that can basically be tracked, you know, all through an entire system. And this idea that like with one dollar, right, that you could now take a coin and split it into pieces of it so people can actually own pieces of currency instead of owning a whole currency and so they then i mean for anyone who's worked who's owned stocks or anything like that they then created a marketplace for it and then basically have all these machines all over the world that are now mining these digital codes which then become a coin can you talk to me about because i'm here about mining and then for me i take my mind back to you know, gold mining and all that. Yeah. And um, they're talking about for the environment. So talk to us a little bit about what you actually mean by mining. And is it good for the environment? Is it bad or is it neutral? Yeah, no, th- this is a really great question. I think, um, you know, if you look at the, the word mining, of course, right, you're spot on, right? We, we find value in looking for things. Right. Like that's what it comes down to. Right. So uh, whether it is digging for gold, you know, or digging for diamonds and mines, you know, or, you know, printing currency. Right. We print dollars. Right. Now, to address that for a second, our society has been built upon a currency that is completely made up. The value of a dollar is completely fabricated based on a plan that we have with the world, right? With the economy. Now, the idea being that when Bitcoin was first set up, these servers were installed and this algorithm kind of, it mines, it mines to crank out a code. And then every coin, digital coin, right? 
this um, currency now has kind of a true value because it took X amount of hours to create a coin, right? It's been mined, right? So if you think about it, uh, a prospector digging in a gold mine, you know, finds this lump of gold. Now imagine every swing of that pick that that miner took to get to that gold had a value to it. So it was like $5, $10, $20, $30. And now, I don't know, 40,000 swings of the ax later, he finds a Bitcoin. Then that Bitcoin goes out into a marketplace. Someone buys it or buys a piece of it. And they go, now I have this digital currency that actually has a real value tied to it. Now, the challenge, the challenge for that is, is that with the cost of Bitcoin surging because people are now buying them, you're absolutely correct. I think that there are um, some energy solutions that we've got to figure out. It's probably not super good for the environment at this point because the amount of hours and days and weeks um, that it takes to mine one Bitcoin. And I think that, I mean, I think that goes with like everything though in our world is that every single thing that we create, the first couple of years that we create it, we're, we're very sloppy with it. We're, we don't think about sustainability early on. And then once we get into a steady state, we then start to think about how we can more, if, you know, from an efficacy, sustainability and efficiency standpoint, figure out how to do it better. Okay. Now, for me, as people know, um, I'm a creeper. I kind of, I like to watch. I like to, you know, like when I go down the shore for the summertime, I'm a people watcher. I like to watch people, what they do, what they wear, why they wear it. But I'm also, you know, like my friend, you know, Gary Vaynerchuk always talks about, you know, he's very heavy on NFT right now. So for me, in my opinion, for 2022, the top three things are going to be crypto, NFT, and plants. Those are the top three, I think, that's going to grab the most headlines in 2022. Because especially here in New Jersey, New York, you know, they're getting ready to, you know, they already legalized it, so they're getting ready to release it all. So I think that's those are going to be the top three things that are going to be money makers in the year 2022. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I, I, I think I completely agree with you on that. And, and here's why. What's interesting from my perspective and a big thing that we talk about is you look at the value of humans, like what, what makes us valuable, right? And we went through a period of time through the industrial revolution, right? Where we got compensated on our abilities to do the same thing over and over and over again, right? So um, then we started to work on efficiencies of being human, right? That's where Amazon starts to pop up. And now we have AI and robots and stuff like that. And I think like when I work with younger generations of people, one of the things that they seem to be very focused on is like, why should they have to do a job, right? When a machine can do it. And what's interesting about that is if you look at NFTs, uh, which is a non-fungible token, um, and if you look at crypto and if you look at plants right plant medicine and are tapping into the reconnecting with these plants post nancy reagan era of war on drugs um what we're finding now is that the value of human consciousness in the future the value of the creator who creates that nft right is becoming much more valuable create this is going to become an age uh or year where creativity is valued a lot more than it has historically right artists have been looking for ways to get paid and compensated for their art for decades and it turns out that artists are usually not compensated for how artistic they are until after they're dead right so if crypto becomes an automated way for people to make more value um you know, plants become are becoming a regular way for people to explore their consciousness, their awareness, and their creativity. 
And then NFTs are a way for a marketplace for people to explore how to make money off of their creativity. I think we're really onto something for those, for people that are paying attention to that stuff. See, and so people who are trying to hold on to the things that have historically, you know, compensated them and gave them resources, that's where the, the rub in the road really starts to happen. But, you know, I think, you know, that things, the only thing that, you know, everything changes, but everything kind of runs in, in a rhythm. You know, like when we were growing up, I'm, I'm 50, I'll be 53 next month. Um, when I was growing up, my mother hated Ozzy. You know, she hated the hair metal bands. And that music, she was like, that's acid rock. That shit sucks. You know, but her, her, but her family told her that Elvis sucked. So it's kind of like it, it, if we have people like you and me to break it down, if, if I, you know, if like somebody asked me, what is an NFT, you know, break it down for me. I would say it was like when I used to open up a pack of, of uh, basketball cards and pulled a Michael Jordan rookie card. Yeah. That's what an FST is, except it's on my phone. Yeah. So, so, but, you know, but some people, you, you have to kind of massage a little bit. And tell him a little bit, because if I tell an old guy to buy a coin and he and he'll ask me, well, I can't buy pizza with it. Can I can I go shopping with it? And sometimes and you're like, uh, it's hard for me to explain. You know and, I mean? and you can do that in New York City now. Yeah. Right. So so so, so NFT, a non fungible token, your example is spot on. Right. Like for anybody who um, collected baseball cards. um collected comic books, collected Beanie Babies, right? Um, even Cabbage Patch Kids, right? That was a thing for a minute. Mm -hmm. Now, what, what, what the other example, what, which would be a good transition is, for example, I forget which um, NBA championship it is, but there is one of the NBA championships where Chicago Bulls won it. Michael Jordan scores the final point, breaks yep. the tie. He does the crossover yep. and dunks on somebody hardcore at the final second, right? Yep. Those five seconds, right, have now been recorded and shown thousands and thousands and thousands of times. There is a value to that clip that is beyond the whole rest of the game. And, you know, another good example is I remember there was a period of time, you probably remember it too, where like um, you could buy the original colored in drawing from every, they call it something, I forget what they call it, from all of the Disney movies, right? Yeah. Every single cartoon still, you know, had a value to it because yeah. it was done by Walt Disney or whoever did it and signed by the, the only one exists. NFTs are exactly that right there's only so many of these drawings have been created um you know they're online they're digital they're watermarked they're encrypted um and there's only so many of them and therefore it's now becoming just a digital asset you know and and i again i i think the thing that is most important for people in 2021 2022 is you got to understand at least at the minimum how these things work and, and and accumulate a couple of them just to go through the process because if it becomes a big thing, like if you're counting your pennies and your physical quarters and you're wondering why you're operating from a place of scarcity in your life and yet somebody else, you know, bought a digital asset online for 15 or $20 and that becomes worth $2,000 in six months, it's a thing. Yeah, and I think sometimes you have to play around with things, you know. Like I was in the health and fitness industry. Anytime a new supplement come out, I'd be the guinea pig. I'd be like, all right, let me try it. Let me know how it feels. Let me know how it tastes. Let me how, you know. So when I, I was talking to a customer, I can, you know, I, I was known for my brutal honesty. I'd be like, listen, guys, you know, the pre-workout, it kicks ass, but it tastes like ass. So buy something that tastes great this is not for you but if you want a kick-ass workout this is what you need and they'll buy it you know and i think that's something like you're saying you know even if you just go buy a 
you know, something coin based, you know, crypto based, even a, a cheap NFT, just so you know how to the system, mm-hmm. you know, because then, you know, once you start getting some money, as long as you know the system, you know, just like McDonald's don't make the best hamburgers. They make the best systems. Yeah. Yeah. So as long as you, you know, start to get to know how the system works, then you'll be set up for success in the future. Right. And, and, and you know, I think the thing that I love that. Right. And, and I think the thing to think about going back to something you said, which I very much completely agree with. Right. Like like a- Amazon is slowly but surely and fast at the same time. Right. Taking over major pieces of the businesses. Right. Now, you could sit there and you could harp on that. And like you said, people that say that are not selling anything on Amazon. Right. Because people that are selling things on Amazon probably like that. Right. But if you think about it, um, you know, what what has Amazon done for for smart, crafty business owners? If you look at anything, you look at chocolate, you look at candles, you look at knives, you look at belts, you look at leather, anything, you look at socks, you look at plants, like you look at all these little things. What is it created? It's created this amazing marketplace where if you create small batches of things, if you create some kind of artisan thing, like you can now get the crappy thing that you want from Amazon that costs five, 10, 15, 20, 40 dollars, whatever it is. Or if you want a unique customer experience and you want a unique uh, shipping experience or you want to go into a, it creates this, it, it's elevated the value of handcrafted things. It's, it's elevated the artisanness of things. It's kind of like, um, you know, we both, you know, you're from New York, I'm from New Jersey. You know, anybody can have a motorcycle, but not everybody can have an Orange County chopper. Right. Yep. There's a difference, you know, and you're going to pay, you know, you're paying 40 grand at, at the local Harley dealer. You're paying 120 grand because it's being handmade for you. So yep. I, that's what you're talking about, right? Yeah, and, and it's happening for coffee. It's happening for bourbons. It's happening for knives. It's happening for plants. It's happening for just about everything. There is somebody else doing the, you can get the Amazon version of it or you can get our experience. So now, okay, you know, everybody knows that my avatar is a 45-year-old father of three, underemployed, and maybe he's just biding his time until the new year and he's like, yeah, it's just going to 2022 is going to be like 2021. What do you say to that guy that has those ambitions and those goals, but don't know where to go to start crushing it in 2022? Oh, I love this question. Thank you for asking it. I believe that left, left to our own devices, every man on this planet will walk a slow hike of desperation to their own depression. You leave us alone. We're just going to, we're just going to, we're just going to do it. We're going to, we're going to pick up the pickaxe, put it on our shoulders, say all that we're capable of is working, getting a paycheck, coming home, and then taking your vices, taking your vices, whether it's porn, alcohol, women, pills, whatever it is, and you'll get up and do it again. And you will just, we, we, we just will. And, you know, if you're tired of that, and you you believe that you have these goals, then the first place is is that one you need to get a support system, hands down, right? If you I always say to everyone, if you take four guys who work out at the gym and go to the gym every week, and if you don't go to the gym every week, and you meet with four guys who don't go to the gym for coffee a couple of days in a row, your mind is automatically going to be like, "Fuck, I want to go to the gym," <laughs> you know. <laughs> Because it will elevate, like it will elevate you. So the first step is you got to get a support system, which is one thing that our accountabilities do. It's a support system more than anything else. Two, you got to get a routine in place that then creates that. I say, I, and people go, routine is a hard word. Habits is a hard word. You watch all these people, Ed Milets, the David Goggins of the world, Jocko Willenix, all talk about these intense morning routines and it freaks us out because it seems like it's hard. Super easy place to start. One, have a couple moments of gratitude in the morning. 
Two, take a couple of minutes and breathe. Three, stretch your body physically. For, you can do this, if, I'd say five minutes of each, 15 minutes in the morning. It's a great place to start. And, you know, you know, talking about that, I was just watching Tony Robbins last night, and that is exactly his first 15 minutes of the day. He, he doesn't know hard workouts. It's not running. It's just being quiet, breathing, stretching, and having peace. Yep. So, wow, you read my mind on that one. <laughs> I, I must be doing something halfway right, brother. So you know, now, um, and, and, and then, and then, the, and then the idea, like I, I, as a veteran, I believe in, the, in this philosophy of you have to unpack your pack. Right. And, you know, for anybody who's a veteran, you know, when you train in the cold, you train, you know, in the desert, you train in the jungle, you're going to bring the, the right gear, you know, for the right mission. Right. And what happens as humans is that we go through these stages of life your 20s, your 30s, your 40s, your 50s, you're married, you're divorced, you're a dad, you're not a dad, you're a dad, your kids get older. And there's a, I, I look at this uh, pack that we carry through our lives where we're often emotionally still carrying the wrong gear for the mission that we're on. And I really like to take men through this kind of um, review process to review the things that you're carrying you know, from your life. And, and, and I, and I really think like one of the most powerful things I can say to anybody is, is that because of the way our health systems work now and biologically and medically, um, we're living so long, right? 70, 80, 90 years old. And as, as a human who all four of my grandparents lived into their nineties, my two grandfathers are still alive and over 94 years old. Um, you know, I think that the current version of yourself uh, has a responsibility to an older version of yourself that um, you will unpack your pack before you get too old to do it. Now, one thing I love that you're, and it just brought me back. Um, you know, when I, when I, every, when everybody graduates basic, they're all hardcore hua hua gung-ho, you know, and then we were getting ready to go. I got to my new unit. We were getting ready to go on my first field training exercise. I brought all my duffel bags and I had the old crusty E7, sat down, went through my bags and started, you don't need this. You don't need that. You don't need this. And I'm like, why? He's like, because you're not going to need it. You know, when you, when you're in light infantry, Whatever you carry, whatever you bring, you got to carry. You know, I was like, oh. So I think one thing about accountability, like you're talking about, is you have these people that have been there, done that. Yep. You unpack your bag. So light, help them lighting, help them. They will help you lighten your load. Correct? Yeah. And, and, and again, like like I think, you know, the, the lifespan of us, of men, is amazing for those of us who – you know, take care of our bodies and are healthy and choose to live a long life, you know, but I think that you heard me say it before, I've become such a huge advocate believer that um, the first piece is, yes, you can walk a couple of miles a day, you can take all the supplements, you can physically work out, right? That's all a routine. But what about mental fitness? There has to be a process that if we can now keep our bodies alive for so long, we need to actively work on our minds and we need to be mentally fit as well. And with that comes having to work on it through the plant medicine stuff, um, supplements, daily routine, mindset, gratitude, meditation, all these things, because otherwise you're just going to have this meat suit, as I like to call it, you know, get old. And then just kind of sit there. And even if you lived an amazing life, you're just going to be stuck in a wheelchair or whatever version of that happens. And I think the mental fitness piece is so important. Now, you know, for me, I, you know, I grew up, you know, I, I grew up in New Jersey, but I grew up in South Carolina. I, I was there for, you know, 10 years. And that's when I became a man. And I noticed that there would be old, old guys. I mean, I'm talking old. They would smoke four packs a day. You know, they would drink their whiskey. They would drink their beer. 
and they would live a long and happy life because they weren't stressed out. Mm -hmm. So talk to us about de-stressing and also how sometimes some of the plant medicines can help with de-stressing. Yeah, no, I, this is a really great question. I appreciate you asking it. You know, um, when I started getting into this work, um, I really struggled with this idea of being a coach, right? There, there, it's a forming industry. There's um, pros and cons. There's good coaches. There's coaches who need to do some more work. Um, and so I reached out to some friends of mine who were um, anthropologists. And I said, walk me through this problem that, that I think men have, um, you know, where we're stressed out and we're, you know, tobacco has been around for thousands of years. Alcohol has been around for thousands of years. Um, why does this happen? And they basically walk me through the scenario that. There we go. I think you muted me for a second. I'm sorry about that. Um, even if you think about cigarettes, right? The reason why cigarettes feel good is because it's your breath. You take an inhale, you take an exhale. And, you know, over time, people start to get stressed out and then say, how do I feel better? Well, I'm going to go have a cigarette. And then you tie the anxiety to the cigarette. Then you feel stressed when you smoke or when you don't smoke, right? But when I was working with these anthropologists, they said that by putting rituals and routines in place, right, and consistently staying consistent and having kind of positive relationships with, you can have a positive relationship with alcohol, you can have a positive relationship with tobacco, um, and not having stress tied to it, then you can actually enjoy these things in a, you know, in, in, in the right light. You know, and when I started doing a bunch of this work uh, around men's work and men's embodiment, um, I realized that men who are stuck, you know, you can give us the, all the structure you want, give us the answers. And it's hard for us because we're trying to do so many things at once sometimes to really put a structure in place. And what I found is that when I explored through the world of plant medicine, um, you know, this was able to tap into places consciously or even unconsciously, subconsciously, um, that allowed me to actually make these lasting kind of changes, you know, and that could be a mix of, I mean, I, I've, I think you've seen it, but, you know, I microdosed um, and I've done plant ceremonies um, for about 18 months. Um, so I've microdosed and done plant ceremonies on just about everything from psilocybin, ketamine, uh, MDMA, ayahuasca, San Pedro, a whole bunch of other things as well. And, you know, obviously, you know, I've been in, I'm a very big, big veterans mental health advocate. And um, I have a lot of people coming up to me because now I, a lot of people listen to the show and they're like, you know, that really makes a lot of sense, you know, that now that we're going back to, you know, um, years ago in the early, late 60s, early 70s, they were experimenting with um, LSD, with 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 uh, guys that were called shell shocked, um, you know. And now they're starting to experiment with um, MDMA and all that stuff. So it makes sense that we're kind of going back to our roots. So now, talk to us about you know for the last couple of minutes what you're doing, where you are, and how can we get in touch with you. And how can we benefit from using whatever you got going on? Yeah. Uh, By the way, the coffee. Don't forget the coffee. <laughs> well, I I, I think uh, coffee beans is a form of plant medicine. Yeah. It, it, it's a plant, right? Mm -hmm. And 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 it's intentional. Um, you know, and it's a huge market. Um, and so I set out to. Uh, create a coffee brand press forward uh that was a positive brand right a positive brand where from you know all throughout the entire process veterans are touching right the entire process of this coffee bean and you know i, I think we're moving into the world into the world where i really like to educate veterans when they want it um on how they can start businesses and so i constantly start new businesses 
for the purpose that if a veteran came to me and was like, I don't know how to start a business, um, I can help in, the, in that capacity. Now, where we're headed with Press Forward is the goal for 2022 is to get 2,500 men uh, into the community and to have this online and in-person community of men who share in a shared values and belief system. Uh, and uh, we're starting next year Press Forward Women um, as well. So we're gonna have an online women's community uh, of women who support this type of work as well. And the we're doing six, I'm sorry, seven large events next year. We're doing plant medicine ceremonies. We're doing men's weekends. We've got Press Forward merchandise. Um, and we're going to continue to build this large community. Okay. Now, and of course, hopefully I'm going to, I'll be able to come to some of the events since we're right here in New York, New Jersey. I'm pretty close. Uh, what I found is that if you don't have skin in the game, you're not going to really give a shit. You know, just like if somebody said, you know, I'm going to give you a free membership to the best gym in the world. 99% of the people will go for a week and then because it's free, they're not going to go. Even yep. if it's the best gym in the world, if it's free, they don't have any skin in the game. And if they if they're not seeing that, you know, $100 a month coming out every month, that then they'll go to the gym because they're like, hey, I'm paying for this. But if they don't have skin in the game, they're not going to really care. So talk to us. You're, I'm sure it's not free what we're talking about. They have to have some kind of skin in the game. Well, I completely agree with that. What, you know, it's interesting when people, when I started to knock on doors about running these online accountability groups, right? People would say stuff like this. Oh, I belong to a men's group at church. Or, you know, I, I go to AA and I have my accountability. Or I, I have a group of guys I get together with. And um, same exact thing you're talking about, right? Like you can't have any accountability unless there's some kind of, you know, responsibility to it. I mean, like even, even lots of these new gym, just to go back to your example, if the gym is only charging $10 a month for you to belong to it, they're actually hoping you don't come. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they're hoping that that $10 just slides underneath the radar. The same exact thing with accountability. Right. Like and, and, and something that is extremely different about my coaching process and my process for accountability is exactly that. If, if you, Richard, handed me your plan and you said, Neil, here's my plan for 2022. I'd like you to keep me accountability for it. In three weeks, I go, Richard, how, where are we on number six? You're, and you're just like, I didn't do it. I, I have no accountability for that. It's your plan. I didn't help you write it. And yeah. one of the things that we do in my process is we build a plan together and then we validate, verify it, set up a baseline and a benchmark that we agree with. So that way you don't get to go. And I'm just using you as an example. hope that's okay. I'm going to make a million dollars next year. And I go, great, let's do it versus all right what's do we have a process that you're going to make a million dollars do we have we ever made five hundred thousand dollars do we do we know any of these things because i think a lot of times what happens is we feel so much pressure to perform that we set up a goal that is unachievable and then when we set up a goal that's unachievable and we don't reach it we just flagellate ourselves and say well you know i tried i did my best the world all these things go wrong with me and so what we do in the press forward community is set up achievable goals, right? We, we outcome-based goals, and we then work on unpacking our packs, which is the things that get in the way of us with the idea that then you're going to have somebody holding you accountable for the things, right? Like you talked about, the master sergeant throwing things out of your bag. The reason why he's doing that is because he's practicing accountability for you. He does not want to take you into an environment where you're carrying stuff that you don't need to carry. That's accountability. Yeah, and I and I love that. You know, but I also think that you have to, like for me, like we talked about earlier. You know, I had you know 150,000 downloads, but that was yesterday. You know, like you see a guy like Tom Brady, 
you know, he's not worried about what happened yesterday. It's gone already. It happened. He's yeah. worried about what I'm going to do today and what I'm going to do tomorrow. Because I think, you know, like um, uh, Mr. James Clear, he wrote the book um, Atomic Habits. You have to stack your wins. And I think a lot of people, you know, they get they have a win and then they're not stacking any more wins. They're satisfied with that win that they have. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I, I agree with you. Uh, I, You know, I've been I'm grateful that I've been as successful as I am in all these different industries and categories. Um, you know, I um, completely agree that you should celebrate your win. I think you should reward yourself with, like for a win like so that you know what it's like to you know, eat the steak at the end of the game, you know, something like that. I also believe that we are in an era of information overload, right? Like, like to use your example with Tom Brady, nobody's going to teach that man anything new about football or throwing a ball, right? He might have a coach that will tweak him, right? Tweak it a little bit. And I think that more people need need to do this. I'm subscribing to this idea very, very much in 2022. I don't think that you need to read any anymore. If you're an adult and you have a business and you have everything under control, I fundamentally believe that you do not need any more information. You don't need to read any more books. You don't need to go looking for the answers. I think you just need to execute, 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 and learn as you go, right? What does Tom Brady do really, really well? Execute, execute, execute. I don't think he's looking at, you know, quarterback books, you know, during the season, you know, and I think that's what more entrepreneurs who feel like they're struggling um, need to focus on is how to do more versus looking for more answers. I love it. So now how do we get, how do we find your information how do we find your coffee? How can we support your mission? Yeah, man, I, I appreciate you making the time for this podcast today. It's our first of many amazing things in 2022. Uh, social media handles are at I am Neil Conlon, N-E-A-L-C-O-N-L-O-N. Uh, you can find all the other things at www.neilconlon.com. Uh, there's a drop down and you can find coffee, merchandise, memberships, et cetera, et cetera. And uh, feel free to hop into my direct messages wherever you are. Uh, I'm pretty active on all the things. I love it. So, guys, make sure that you are pressing forward because Tony in accounting is probably putting in more hours than you are right now. And he's going to crush your ass in 2022 if you don't start pushing. Remember, the holiday is a day. It's not the week. It's not, you know, we still have, it's only the, was it the 20th today? Yeah. So 11 more days to crush it. So make sure you guys are crushing it and moving forward. I want to thank Press Forward for sponsoring our show. Um, I can't wait for our future. Guys, if you love what we're talking about, definitely check out the new website, verticalmomentumpodcast.com, where you can get our, all of our swag, our hoodies, and this episode will definitely be on it. So guys, remember. Vertical momentum, the only way to go is up. Neil, I love you, brother. Have an amazing, amazing week. Awesome. Thank you, brother. Thank you for doing this. And uh, again, I like the T-shirt sentence. Today, I decide to press forward. There you go. We got to do, we got to get it together. <laughs> All right, bye. Hey, guys, if you're enjoying our show if you love what we're doing, if you would like to support us, we have a whole bunch of great stuff coming out. We have a brand new t-shirt line that's coming out. Hats, coffee mugs, any kind of swag that lets your friends know that you support Vertical Momentum and you're always looking to get better. Also, we have our new coffee brand coming out. It's called Vertical Momentum Coffee. It's ass-kicking coffee. And it will it will get you moving in the morning. So, guys, if you're interested, go to www.richardkaufman.net. Check us out. Leave us a note. Tell us what you'd like, and we'll actually send it to you. The new website is being built. So if you guys want to 
Our book is out there on Amazon. It's called A Hero's Journey from Darkness to Light. Definitely check it out. It talks about my story, but it also talks about how to survive depression, how to survive addiction. All right, guys, I love you. Thank you so much for always supporting our mission, which is to save lives.